0: Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Well, actually, Anne's not here today, so I'm talking to myself, but actually I'm not talking to myself. I have the great honor of having somebody uh, as a guest that you've heard us mention at least 100 times so far. Uh, my friend, my my coach, my mentor, I often said my really smart little sister, even though we're we're unrelated at all. Michelle Villalobos, Michelle, welcome to the Disarming Persuasion podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Dave. I'm I'm so excited to be here,
0: and, and I'm excited and honored to have you. This the reason I wanted to have Michelle on is Michelle has recently published a book. Dare I call it a children's book? Because it really isn't, is it?
1: Mm-mm. It's um. Well, I struggled with that myself, and initially it was a a children's book for dreamers of all ages. And then eventually I changed it to an adventure book for dreamers of all ages. And though it looks like a children's book, the themes in it are actually quite mature. You know, we can, we can dive into that whenever you're, whenever you're ready.
0: Yeah. And and we absolutely will. It's one of the reasons I wanted to to bring you here. Um, But yeah, I I get what you're saying because like I challenge, I have, I have two copies uh, as you know, one, one for my, personal use. And of course you, you gifted me one, which I was honored to receive. I'm like, who am I going to, this is a good re-gifting folks, by the way, this is, (laughs) this is not like the time somebody re-gifted me their banana suit that they didn't want. I'm like, that was sitting up in their attic. That was uh, that was quite embarrassing. But, uh, I I have a niece who I think she just finished her freshman year in school. And I'm thinking she is the perfect person. She is starting out in life and the, the lessons in here, um, in a in a real sense, and and I not engaging hyperbole. Reading this book is almost like studying the Talmud or or any of these mm-hmm. great works, where you know you you read it and there's a lesson, but then you dig deep and there's a second, and there's a layer, and there's a third lesson.
1: Yeah, it is. It's very layered. It's a. It was a unique experience for me to produce something like this. That's the the truth of it. Is I've never created anything like this before. And we can get into that story a little later, but um, it's a. My mentor, who you know, Nani Leah, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, she called it a mythic tale, a mythic tale, and it feels like that's what it is. It's a, it's, it's a metaphor. The story is really a metaphor. It's one of these tales that's that's got layers and layers built into it, and one la- one line means so much. You could unpack one line or one stanza for for hours, even.
0: Uh, absolutely, and so let, let's start here with the the sort of the history because I think that's really unique in and of itself. Because I remember very clearly uh, when you birthed this and how and you tell that story. So share with our listeners how this project came
1: about. <laughs> well, so it was the 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 morning that it was birthed. I was sleeping. It was early early morning. I'm not a morning person. It was still dark out, and I just woke up with this little sing songy line running through my head she checked her wings one more time with, will they hold me steady and it was just that line over and over in a in a song and i couldn't get it out of my head and i could not go back to sleep which i tried i tried to put it out and finally i just got up and wrote it down and i kept writing i wrote for about 2 hours straight and the whole poem poured out of me pretty much fully formed all in those 2 hours for the most part. So,
0: I didn't, you know, it's funny when you've shared a story, I knew that you woke up with the poem in your head. What I didn't realize is that you only heard the one line. The one line. And, and I have this almost vision of like a thread and you're pulling the thread, and it's sort of like the opposite. Instead of the, the sweater coming unraveled, it's actually knitting the Ravelling. sweater. You got yeah. it. You
1: nailed it. That's exactly how it felt that I was. There was this one thread that I I tugged on and the whole thing dropped in all at once. And, And to give a little backstory, which, you know, too, I had just recovered from back to back flu COVID, you know, back to back. I was I'd been really sick and there was a lot of emotion associated with being sick, there was just a lot going on in my life. And it was kind of, it was, I had a dark moment of kind of a mini breakdown. And I remember maybe a week before this happened, before the poem came through, maybe a week or so, I had had some of the worst pain of my life. And I had had one of the the darkest moments in my life where I remember on my knees saying to the divine, you know, however you conceive of it for me, it's the universe and I was just saying, yes, I will. I will do what you want me to do. I don't know what it is, but I am giving my life to something greater than myself.
0: And then this book was born.
1: And then this book showed up, and it didn't. It's not like the the poem showed up, and I was like, here it is. Thank you, universe. I got it. Like it wasn't like that at all. And I still don't even know if that's what it is. But it felt so it felt so easy and graceful and there was so much flow in how it came about. And then there was just flow in how all of it unfolded that it feels like, yeah, maybe, and I only linked these, these things together recently where I'm like, wow, maybe that, that declaration together with that poem and then how it's all unfolded since maybe there is some sort of design orchestration, divine design here and orchestrating it all, you know?
0: Well, it's funny. And, um, even this conversation, we never know where things are going to go. But uh, yeah. what you reminded me of is something I discovered when I was in college or when I went back to college. Because as you know, freshman year, and I've shared with our listeners, freshman, freshman, freshman year was the best three years of my life. And <laughs> and, and after having uh, get put in a non-matriculating status at University of Delaware, I, I had to go to night school and I worked a couple of jobs. And you know, I discovered no matter how smart I really thought I was, nobody cared for a, a college dropout to employ. It was like, mm-hmm. whoa. And I finally got my act together. I went, got accepted into Temple University uh, full-time to, to continue my edu- education. And literally the moment that happened, other things that in my life were had not been going well for me started going well. And that was the first time I came to the realization that when you make good decisions, the universe rewards you in ways completely unrelated to whatever that decision may be so i think you're reading the tea leaves correctly in this one
1: yeah (laughs) thank you yeah it just feels like and, and you know it aligns with a lot of my beliefs anyway now that now that i'm thinking about it like you said in this conversation what i'm seeing is you know i believe in alignment i believe that when we are in alignment with certain areas when, when things are when we're when we're in alignment with our values when we're taking care of ourselves when we're in alignment with a vision that turns us on when we're in alignment with our highest and best like that naturally just helps us raise our vibration raise, raise our frequency we're, we're we're just vibing higher and and things are easier things feel better people notice people are more attracted to that like everything gets easier when when we're doing that when we're feeling that way when we're sending out that signal
0: and we repel those things that are antithetical to yeah. that vibe so you're not surrounded by by things that that bring you down and, That's and in fact, right. I, I got a call today from a client who um when I first started working with him mm, nine months ago he had one employee who he was, really down on didn't think it was gonna be good and and we've been on this roller coaster he's good he's no good, he's good, he's no good and today he finally came to the conclusion he's like, yeah, I don't think he's going to work out um and for the first time though he was able to articulate the fact that this particular employee doesn't represent the company values and and so this is a case where it's going to be a, re- a repulsion he's going to you know he's gonna and and it's not a bad thing this no. employee will have an opportunity to find some place where he will thrive because he's more in alignment.
1: That's right. Exactly.
0: So this is actually a, a lot of what's sort of in this story. Uh the main character is V, folks, in case you hear us talking about V, it's not the letter or V for victory or, or vendetta or whatever that movie was. Um it's the main character. Um but before we get into that, so you you write down this poem. Yeah. At this point it's not a book though. It's no there's no, no thought process. No. How did how did it go from, okay, I, I have this really cool poem and I remember you sharing it with us and, and, mm-hmm. and reading it with us from there to, I want to publish a book.
1: Okay. So it was a friend of mine, Verl Workman. He is um, a colleague, a speaker colleague. He has a coaching and training company in the real estate industry. And he reached out to me to see if I could keynote uh, his event for his employees, for his whole company. And I was telling him, girl, I don't have anything that would suit your people. You know, like I don't I don't have really a motivational type of keynote. You know, the stuff that I do is not for it's for entrepreneurs who are coaches and speakers. So like that, that content really doesn't fit. I really don't have anything anymore that I'm that I'm delivering, that I'm focusing on. And he was just throwing out ideas. And he said, you know, last year we had this guy come in and he wrote a children's book. And he's turned this children's book into this keynote and it's, it's not for kids. It looks like it's for kids, but it's not for kids. It's really for adults. And that was when the, 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 this was three or four months after I wrote the poem, it just popped up. I was like, well, I have this poem that's kind of like it felt it feels very Dr. Seussian. I think when you read it, like the, the rhyming is fun. It's got a lot of alliteration. It's got a really fun rhyme meter. You know, um, it's a little bit different, you know, the 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 sound of it. It was intended, you know, I think initially it was a song, but I, I'm not a songwriter. I don't even know how to write music or anything. So I didn't receive it that way. I received it like a poem. But so I said, so I thought to myself, well, maybe this could be a children's book. So that's really how it was born. Like, oh, wow. You know, maybe I could get this illustrated. And so the idea started to percolate and form. That was last spring and then over the course of the summer i just started to like wonder what if you know I, I i once went to a um an event in crested Butte Colorado an art festival and i met a woman there who had who had these illustrated books and they were dark they were they were they were children's but like not really and so i was actually like wow maybe that's why i met her you know i can reach out to her and see if she'll do this so i reached out to her and she's like way too busy to do anything So I was like, oh, well, well, maybe I'll reach out to some other people. And so I got onto Upwork and just started poking around and found that you can find illustrators and graphic designers on there and see their portfolios. And just one thing led to another. I was just following the thread. It was just fun. It was fun. It wasn't like work. It wasn't like I was cracking the whip on myself. I was just like, this is what I was doing at at night instead of going to sleep because I couldn't stop myself, you know?
0: But it's so funny here is, is listening to you say this, and I'm looking over your shoulder. And of course, you have your little placard there. And and our listeners have heard Anne and I both say this, right? energy precedes outcome. Um, and, and and here we have a living proof of, of you walking the walk, you know, walking to talk because you're having fun. You're doing you're doing what you love to do um, purely for the enjoyment of it. Like there's not like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a published author. I mean, I think you have other books, if I'm not mistaken, but um, no, Uh, but I
1: unpublished the only book I ever published. I took it down. (laughs) That's another story for another day.
0: Right. But the point is, it's not like I have this goal. So many people I have this goal. I have this dream. And then it becomes a sort of all consuming thing. It's like, I'm going to have fun and enjoy what I do and see where it goes.
1: Well, and what's what's interesting about all this is that in the same year, that I designed, that, that I wrote the poem. So this is all 2021, right? That same year, I had a retreat with Nani Lea and the big breakthrough at my retreat was that I had been, I, I, I hesitate, hesitate—I I, I'm not gonna use bad language, but I'm gonna use crass language. I'd been pimping myself out. I'd been pimping out my creator, my inner creator, my inner artist, Felt pimped out by me because I only let myself create when I was making money for it. I would only create for clients or if I had to write a new keynote or, you know, like I would create in service of business. But I was not allowing myself or giving myself the space and grace to create for pleasure. And so in 2021, one of my big breakthroughs and which became my theme for 2022 was I create from pleasure. And so this, I I lived it. I embodied, I create from pleasure last year and the year before part of it in building this in, 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 in this whole project.
0: So this brings up, since, you know, the podcast is ultimately about persuasion. So I'm curious about your experience as you were convincing others to come on board this ride with you, because you needed some support in this. I know you, you, you found a phenomenal illustrator and folks, if for no other reason, and trust me, the this is worth reading alone. And then you layer on the illustrations, which which really captured the essence of this message phenomenally. That that in itself is a miracle. So do you think there was a um, benefit in your ability to persuade folks to, to come on this ride and support you in this because of the energy you brought to it? A
1: thousand percent, a thousand percent. And the thing was that like the first thing I did with anybody that I was enrolling into this vision was I just read them the poem, and just reading it to people. It's four and a half minutes long, just reading it to people. It's like immediately people are in a different space. They're, they're in a different mindset. They're in a different energetic. They're in an energetic of possibility and dream and desire. Like it just, it's, it shifts people immediately so that that's one of the biggest things that i got was like oh wow i can encapsulate this energy in this poem and just by reading it with the energy that it naturally births in me it can create that in someone else
0: yeah and i think a it was created with that energy from you so for you it it, um re invokes that same sensation right it's like the you hear a song from high school maybe you were with your high school sweetheart and even though you know it was just a you know it it was infatuation in in at 16 or 17 your heart still flutters today you know i'm 61 years old and i can think back to some of those songs and just sort of go like yeah "Ah, yeah so so you get a lot of that um and i think that's lost on so many people you know, to, you know, when they're when they're out there, either as leaders, as sales folks, whatever it is they're trying to do, that you know, if it comes from a place of pleasure, sincerity shows, right? That, yeah. So so let's talk about the story a little bit, um, because I think you know we're really hinting on the story as well, right? This is uh, everything is wrapped yeah. together. Tell us a little bit. You know, what is it uh, readers can? Ex- what's the journey they can expect?
1: So in, 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 a, in a nutshell, like the the story goes that there's this girl, V, this woman, girl, female creature, uh who realizes that she's been she I'll read you, I'll tell you the first line because it kind of sets it up. It's waking up again on the hamster wheel of life. V was safe, secure, and warm, but dying inside. Somewhere along the way, she lost her dreams and her desire. She acquired many shiny things and forgot to stoke her fire. So that's the beginning. That's that, you know, that's what I meant when I said it can capture. Look at you. It it captures so much just in that first two stanzas. Those first two lines is like everyone, everyone I know can relate to that in some way. Yeah. You know? think, and so she goes on. Mm-hmm,
0: go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And folks, you you can't see because I'm not streaming the video, but for some reason, my eyes just sprung a leak. I, I don't know what that's all about. For <laughs> oh.
1: I mean, that's what happens. That's what this story does. And so she it basically takes it takes you on an adventure with her as she feel that feeling of loss of regret of sadness And feels the call of possibility all at the same time. And then what she does with that and the actions that she takes and the person she becomes in the process of creating a life from her heart and from her, from her soul's passion purpose.
0: Yeah. And I don't think there's a human being born or who has ever been born who can't relate to that because irrespective, I mean, irrespective of what we've achieved or where we've achieved it or how we've come about it, at some point in our life, I think we all go through that. Some people figure out what V figured out. And, and folks, if you want to know what the secret is, buy the book. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, have figured out the secret and now they're in a more passionate, joyful place in our life like you are, uh, like I am. Um, but that doesn't mean we weren't and you just yourself described story, right, is is V's backstory, right? The, the, yeah. the piece before page one, you know. Exactly. Um, and, and I think, as you know, for our listeners who are in a leadership position, the challenge is, is how do we keep people? How do we prevent putting people in that safe place that quelches their fire? It's okay to be safe, I think. If your fire is going, I, I suspect those are antagonistic. I suspect we have to live on the edge as human beings <laughs> a little bit. Um, that's really where the excitement is. That's, that's where the passion flies. That's how we know we're alive at the same time. It's scary, right? That's that, that's that.
1: one of the lines in the book. If you recall it, she's because V builds a pair of wings, just for those of you who don't know, she builds a pair of wings and then she's going to take these wings on a, on her first flight and so she's she says barreling down the runway the thought what if i die her heart countered honey now we're alive and you just said those same lines that that's being alive is that feeling of i'm not totally safe and and it's and it's interesting because so much of life these days <clears throat> i've noticed i think you have too there's a there's a big movement towards like having absolute 100% safety in everything and that that's you know that's even desirable to have no risk to take, you know, to be a hundred percent safe all the time, and and even to some degree to like depend on somebody else to provide that safety for us.
0: Um,
1: you know, I feel like it's a really disempowering belief system.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, it's funny, Ann and I did a topic uh, a couple of weeks ago, and in the production meeting beforehand, she was like, "Oh, we don't want to," you know, potentially could have offend somebody, I'm like, whoa, 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 stop. (laughs) Right. Because I mean, you you and I are very much in alignment when it comes to this. Like, it's not that I don't care about offending somebody, but I am not going to be um I don't know how to say this, but that's not the motivation for me is to not offend. My motivation is to speak truth and as I see it, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. That's all I can do. And somebody's going to be offended. You know, I I personally get offended all the time when people are trying not to offend that offends me literally that act of not offending people and walking tightropes around things. I find extremely offensive. So we're always going to offend somebody. Yeah. And and Mm -hmm. I think to your point earlier, it's about being true to yourself. Um, And you you alluded to this and then, you know, attracting those people who are of like mind. Right.
1: Right. And trusting that when we're living in alignment with our true self, our true nature. And I think, at the same time, always endeavoring to come from love, you know, from a big heart. And I know you do that. I've seen you, you know, it, it, I think, uh, you know, one of my favorite things is truth supported by love, truth supported by love, you know, but it's not love, you know, with with a dose of truth, you know, it's like, it's truth first, and the love supports it. And, 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 and truth can live inside of love, I think, really comfortably it's it's difficult when we try to like not hurt somebody and then we don't speak truth i think that that hurts more ultimately yeah, I, I, you know? I, I
0: think i think there is no love without truth
1: it, that's what that's exactly it i feel like truth is the primordial thing and then and with the love so that it can be received and so that it's coming from a place of genuine care. And something we talked about briefly in the, in the book as well, is she's, you know, V has this dream, she decides she wants to fly. That's the dream that drops in. And she goes and she shares the dream with people. And they discourage her from it You know, they tell her, why would you want to do that? Like, you're crazy. Or, you know, she, she's met with doubt and ridicule. And it leaves her feeling small and dejected. And so that's a thing, too, is, um, you know, who do we share our dreams with? Who who do we trust with our truth? Who do we trust with our truest self? Right.
0: Yeah. And you know, for me, I'm not even sure it's a question of who do we trust with it because I don't think there's a problem sharing it with others, but, but it's understanding where are they coming from? Yeah. Yes. They may think they have your best interest at heart. um, And, and from their perspective, they probably do. Right. And, that's their perspective. That's right.
1: Yeah. I was telling you that when I came up with, you know, about eight, gosh, maybe 12 years ago, I had this idea to launch this thing called the women's success summit. And, um, I told my best friend about it and she tried to talk me out of it. She just was telling me all the reasons why it was a terrible idea And I went ahead and did it and and she was right. There was a lot, all the reasons that she said were right. And it was the best thing I ever did for my career, for my brand, for my life was to follow that dream and build something big by myself, you know, that, that looking back, I cannot believe I did it. And I don't know that I could do it today. (laughs) I had so much drive, so much energy, so much focus, so much will. I mean, it was an exercise in what I'm capable of. And I'm so grateful to myself for, for pushing through and doing that. And I know she, she had my best interest at heart. I know she did. She was, she was not right. You know, or or, or, at the very least I can say that, um, it was, it was the perfect path for me, you know?
0: Yeah. And you and I talk about this all the time, time. um, right. That every path you were on is, is the perfect Perfect path. path. And everything that happens to us is happening exactly the way it's meant to happen so that we have the opportunity to learn whatever lesson we each individually need to learn. And, and that's yeah. V's path as well.
1: It is. Indeed, it is.
0: Yeah. Um, and there's some great, and I don't really want to, honestly, I don't want to spoil this. I think people need to go out and get the book and read it and, <laughs> and read into it what they need to read into it too. I don't want to layer my interpretation or, or your interpretation. Yeah uh onto this um but i i do want to hint at because you know i just want to tease people so they help you out here and get the book because i think it's that great um there are some profound secrets to how to deal with adversity and up, being upset and and the negative Yeah, i've been i was struggling with this i actually wrote uh, in, in linkedin somebody made a comment like i don't even know what i want to call them negative emotions right
1: right right um,
0: I I haven't come up with a different
1: moniker mm-hmm. for it,
0: but strong motions that we typically associate with being negative. That's all I got right now.
1: Good. Yeah. Okay. Um I like it.
0: right. That, you know, sadness, anger, those sort of things, which are actually when dealt with correctly, are can be really, really positive and and uplift, not uplifting is the wrong word, but but um constructive.
1: Yeah, really, really
0: constructive.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And, and that's one of the things about V's journey that I love is how she how she deals with it and what she allows herself to do. And folks, if you want to know the answer, buy the book. Um, <laughs> and, and by the way, if they wanted to buy the book, where would they find it?
1: They would at this moment, they would go to but I want to fly dot com. The, the name of the book is but I want to fly and that's the website but i want to fly.com and right now we're selling it through the website and people might hear this sometime in the future we will have other channels as well but they'll all be linked from there so that would be the best place to start
0: so but i want to fly.com but with one t folks that's yes, not,
1: that kind of but it's not and uh, and and there's some goodies on that website too i've got an audio reading of it you know it's definitely there's a cadence to the poem. And so I've heard other people try to read it. <laughs> and I thought it would be a good idea to share with them my vision of how it, it could be read. <laughs> uh, so there's a free audio of it there with me reading it. And there's, um, you know, just other fun things that I give away on the website too.
0: That, that That's awesome. Is there anything else, Michelle? And God, you and I, as you know, we can talk for probably hours and hours about anything and everything. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know?
1: <clears throat> oh my goodness. Those questions are so broad. I've like, I have a million things that I want to say, and then nothing comes to mind. Um, I think that the one of the most powerful things about the book is that it captures every it captures so many different phases of creation. And it, I think that it's almost like a formula for creation. Like you could read it that way. So if you've got something in you that's wanting to come through, I invite you to consider checking out the poem, buying the book or listening to the audio on the website and see what comes forward for you. Like what, because it's it's really steps. I mean, I'm taking this book now and I'm actually meeting with somebody today and turning it into these steps for creation. And that's what I think that it is. It's a blueprint for how to create like number one get real about what's true right now like how are we feeling what regret loss whatever number two like feel those feelings let them come all the way through process them you know alchemize and number three is is, okay from there what's new what's available now that that energy has moved forward through what's the new vision what's the new dream that's dropping in you know from there you know so it's, it's it's actually like a blueprint for creation. So, for anyone here who's a creator, which I think we all are on some level, um, I invite you to look at it that way.
0: Yeah. And I love that, by the way, that we're all creators. As you, I think you're aware, that for a long time, I didn't really see myself that way. Um, you know, I came from a family of creators, musicians, artists, fine artists, and I always felt like I was the black sheep of the family And until I discovered where my creativity lies. And in fact, anybody who I don't want to say use the word create, but you know, I I would make spreadsheets. I would, uh, things of that nature. I put systems in place and then it occurred to me, well, well, that's just creation too. It's just not art. Right. 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 It's still creation. Uh, And for those of you out there who are in in a leadership role, there's also some great insight there into how to support others because we want our team to be creative. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in, in V story, you see a lot of ways that it's typically done that may be actually antithetical to creation, uh, count, contraindicated, as the doctors say. Um, <laughs> and, and and by inference, then you can figure out what how to support somebody in their creative efforts in, in a affirming and positive way, too. So there, there's just so much to unpack in this book. It, it's absolutely amazing. Um,
1: there's I mean, a lot. Of... Go I got another thing I wanted to say. Go well, ahead. When you look at the book, Look closely at the two creatures that are with thee. They're not just fun little add-ons. They're really important and meaningful. So that's just a little thing to watch out for.
0: All right, you know, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to have to grab my copy and now and look at those creatures.
1: Now look at the whole thing and look at the creatures only. Like, just look at the story from that perspective and watch how they how they evolve.
0: I will do that. Folks, get your own copy and do it as well um but fly.com and uh, the the author my good friend mentor coach younger sister etc (laughs) etc michelle villalobos michelle thank you so much for being on with us
1: oh thank you dave i appreciate it and it's a pleasure and i love that you're in my life just I, i feel you my brother thank you all
0: right we'll see you folks next week that concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them.